Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Today's guest is Matt Pano from Optimum Baits, um, AA, and Ima, also Depps uh, USA. So he he does he does all that. He does a lot. Great story. Kind of gives you a breakdown on the original story with Butch and and the Depps. Um, Kind of how he bring everything over here. It's a super interesting story. Super cool guy. Thanks again for coming on, Matt. Not only that, he is sponsoring the Patreon this month. So uh, you got your chance at three Depths 250s. And uh, I'm thinking a rod, but I have an idea. I might do it. Matt gave me a real special Depths. I might do that instead. Maybe I'll do a poll what you guys would rather have. So, um, yeah, you got your chance at three Depths 250s and possibly uh, Depths. Uh, OG Psycho Trout Butch Brown 250. I think there's like a couple left he had. So uh, maybe I'll throw that instead of a rod because I know a lot of you guys would want one of those. So I'll put a poll up. You tell me what you want. Um, what else is going on? That's about it. Please sign up for the Patreon if you can. I'm going to start trying to push that a little harder if you guys could go that route. Uh, and I want to start putting some content on there. I might hit up some guys to do some... Uh, Videos that we could put up there that will be only for the Patreon members. So please uh, sign up for that. Five bucks a month, it ain't much. And uh, we'll do some uh, exclusive stuff on there. Um, that's about it. We have, uh, I don't even know, we have, I have so many, everything booked up. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, next month, be going to uh, back up to NorCal. And I'm going to do a lot of different uh, podcasts, same thing. I'll spend four days up there, try to do some fishing. Hang out at Toxic Bait, so hopefully you guys can come up and hang out this time. We'll uh, promote it a little better. And that's about it, man. Uh, thanks, you guys, for listening. Um, give us five stars on iTunes if you can and a five-star positive review. Appreciate that. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Um, welcome to Cast and Crank. Today we have... Matt Pano, he's looking at the camera even, look at, <laughs> um, I guess Optimum, double A first, or how does that work? Explain uh, that right now, is it two different companies, what is it? It I is mean? two different companies. Okay. So, first, Matt Pano, uh, we own uh, AA Worms and Optimum Bait Company, two different companies. AA's has been around since 1980, uh, been hand-pouring baits here in California, uh, my dad bought that company from his friend in 1990. 
So it's been in our. Oh, family so your dad and his friend started it. No, he didn't start. He he bought it from them. Oh, your his yeah, your was, dad's friend started it, and your dad bought it from him. Right. There was four okay. uh, four owners in eighty that started it, and they were, uh, you know, freshwater uh, baits. And uh, in the beginning. In the beginning. Okay. Nineteen eighty. Um, out of Escondido, Vista area, and then he bought it in nineteen ninety. Um, he had sold a, a previous company, and then he bought it in in ninety. Moved it to Temecula, and we've been here ever since. Um, so, A's is known for their hand-poured freshwater worms and, and saltwater shadtails. And in the late 90s, 96, I believe, uh, Sean Donovan started Optimum Bait Company. Okay. And uh, he was manufacturing the baits himself. And then as he grew, he had asked us to uh, produce them for him. Okay. So we were OEMing the optimum baits for him from 96, 97, and then 98. And um, eventually we ended up buying Optimum Bait Company from him. In 99, 2000? Uh, yeah, it's, I think we bought it in uh, 99. Okay. 99. Um, so with the double uh, A's, it's all hand poured, everything's hand poured. Everything we do here in California is hand poured. That's cool. One at a time, dude. The, time. The, and the bigger, since you guys are a bigger plastic company, that's the truth. Not a lot of bigger plastic companies hand pour still, I'm sure. No, most of it's all injected. Injected. So that's the cool thing is when I came here, I saw your dad, dude, he's banging them out. Like, you know, yep. and you guys have a whole, you kind of keep it homegrown somewhat, right? Um, yeah, I mean. I mean, the pouring part on that side of the company, at least. Yeah, we have, uh, I've, we've got seven employees that work here. Um, we know a couple people pouring. And then we have everybody either packaging, um, helping with the pouring process. But yeah, everything's done here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, we're in California, so the shit's getting pretty expensive. But, uh, <laughs> right. You know, 20, uh, 40 years. So, you know, actually we just bought this building here in Temecula, so I ain't going anywhere. Yeah. So, um, so back when you guys bought, so eighties, it was more of a um, freshwater dude just pouring some some baits for for double A. When did you guys start getting more into the salt? Because I feel like double A is a big. Um, I'm a big calico guy, and from what I've heard, you guys are kind of like the first on the scene as a handful of other guys for all the calico stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, back in, in the origins, you know the. Uh, you bring the mic a little closer. You can screw up, whatever. Cool. Yeah. Um, so. Predominantly at the beginning, it was all freshwater stuff, you know, four inch straight tails, little reapers, mm-hmm. um, you know, six inch straights, eight straights. And we had our, <clears throat> um, you know, your freshwater stuff. But then, uh, you know, we branched off into base stuff, then uh, a lot of single tail shrimp, some twin tails, um, and then your standard shad tails. So, what made you guys want to do that for the bay and stuff? Well, I mean, were you fishing then like a lot down um, there? Well, Actually, it was before my dad got the company. They had already started. Okay. So it was late 80s, you know, early 90s is when it uh, started to go more into the base stuff and, and the nearshore stuff. Um, and when my dad got the company or bought the company, we started working with Mike Gardner and a couple of other guides. And Gardner mm. was, was uh, you know, that whole scene was just starting to, to get going. You know, Mike had uh, created that you mm-hmm. know, Newport Bay, going out and catching a couple hundred spotties in a day. Did you fish with him? I did. That's Mike actually got me to fall into love into fishing, you know, because you'd go out with oh, him okay. and, and, and uh, 
fuck, you can catch fish. You know, you know, <laughs> you know up until then it was just, uh, you know, I, my dad was, uh, we'd always go to the Sierras and, and fish for trout and whatnot, which was fun. That was great. But, uh, you know, I was, so in 90, um, what was I? I graduated high school in 95. So that puts me like, you know, 12, 13 at 90, you know, that's what I f- first time going into the Bay, you know, we'd caught like 30 fish. I caught like 20 to 30 fish. For my first time in the bed, I was like, dude, I've <laughs> taken me a week to catch 20 trout in, in the yeah. convict, you know. But uh, And the way they fight, I'm sure, is completely different. It was fun, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a blast. So he actually got me hooked into that, and ever since then, I was hooked into fishing. Yeah, which is super cool that uh, part of the, You guys have a lot of history in the company. So, like, Mike, that's a big piece of the saltwater, especially bay bass. And you got to work with him a lot. Some of the bait designs were to help. Well, a lot of his colors. His colors. You know, he did a lot okay. of colors. Chartreuse and gold. Yeah. Hobbelly bass. You know, those are, you know, early 90s, and they're still some of our top-selling colors. Oh, yeah. You know, they work. So. And the baby puss and the... The those, baby puss. Those work really the well. Puss was, yeah. That was actually um, Russ Dean, which was another uh, gentleman that fished the break wall. And that was his bait, you know, when we were pouring it for him. Oh, really? Yeah. Did he? Did, so did he have the bait? Like, was it his, like, actual bait he designed? His his actual design. Okay. So we were pouring it for him. And then, uh, you know, I don't know the whole thing, but uh, he, I think he was either selling them to different stores or whatnot. We would sell them to him or, or whatnot. But uh, eventually it became our... our uh, he said, just take it. I don't like dealing with it. Our, our bait. And it's been in our lineup since then. It's a freaking wall banger. It's good. Yeah, that's... That's what it's for. I mean, so Russ was fishing the wall more yes. and stuff like that then. Mm-hmm. This was in the 90s? 90s. Yep. Damn. Were you fishing the wall ever in the 90s? We used to fish it at night. Um, uh, gentleman by Mike Leopold, who had a store up in that area, a trailer store mm-hmm. in a boat shop. that uh, We'd go fishing with him, fish the wall. Um, Garner would go, you know, but... Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was really good. It's, it was good. Really good. You know, I've never actually caught any tanks. Like, you know, I didn't get to fish it enough. Yeah. But we'd catch a lot of good quality bass. Fours and yeah. fives and yeah. stuff. Yeah. All night long. I love that, fun. man. Oh, yeah. Um, so when did you start getting your hand into the company? Like where you're like, okay, you're 20, 21. Did you start going, okay, you're helping your dad with everything? or? Yeah. You know, I worked uh, the weekends through high school with my dad. Um, so this would be... 92, 93, 94, I'd work with my dad. And at that time, you know, uh, we were exporting so much product to Japan, you know, and, and a lot of the U.S. manufacturers um, that actually made stuff here in the States were, you know, exporting quite a bit. That's when the Japanese market was just starting to get going in okay. the, into the bass fishing scene. And we would export so much, and uh, we'd have we'd work with big companies over there. We would make hand poured products, worms for them, and they would always come to the shop. And it was kind of cool, you know, mm-hmm. to see these guys come in, and they'd always have a translator with them, you know. And it was all these guys you could tell they're big fishermen into fishing and really cool um, guys. And, and you know, I developed relationships relationships with some of them, and uh, I just got curious into the country you know into the culture into the into japan um and um so one of the guys um there was a, a rod company called kencore they're mm-hmm. still actually around yeah, i've heard of them in uh, in the 
original owner, Kenny Kawakami, he actually got me turned on into, into the Japan scene, you know, and uh, uh, he was selling to a, um, a store called Tokyo Sunrise. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it was a, one of the very first original uh, tackle stores in Japan. Okay. Really cool. And um, he got me, t- the guy's name was Sammy Somea. So he, has, he had an yeah. American name, Sammy. Um, and uh, I got connected with him. And he, when he came out one day, you know, we were pouring some of his baits. And he's like, hey, if you ever decide to come to Japan, let me know. You know, because I'll, I'll take you fishing. Um, I'll get you hooked up in, in, in the Japan. So I said, you know, I just always had that in the back of my mind. And this was, I was still in high school at the time. So, uh, were you fully like into fishing in high school? Like that's what you did? Yeah, that's what I, you know, I would go to, I live in Temecula, so I would go to Skinner all the time. Okay. And that's at that time, stripers were just now starting to get going out there. Okay. So me and my buddies would always go catch striper. Okay. You know, just take out some plastics and, and get stripers and some bass. But I was starting to get more and more involved into okay. it. Um, you know, but so I graduated from high school, um, 95. And so I went to a local community college here. Mm-hmm. Not really, you know, I had the idea of working with my dad and, and continuing into the business. And so um, first couple of years of, of college, I just, you know, cranked it out. And Can you move the mic a little closer? Yeah, I'll fix it. I know it seems like you're putting a dick in your face. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it helps. It gets real clear audio. I'm a big audio dork, so. This is actually the first time in this chair. This is going to be our video room. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so see see the difference? You hear the difference? Yeah, yeah. that's loud. <laughs> so I was uh, going to college, uh-huh. and we were still exporting quite a bit of product. And I had the opportunity to start studying Japanese. So at that time... In college. Know, in college. Okay. So I'm 19. I never, you know, knew five words, dude. Konnichiwa, sayonara. And, How do you say beer in Spanish? <laughs> Or in Japanese? Or, I'm sorry, Spanish? What the fuck am I talking <laughs> about? Cerveza, cabrón, cerveza. <laughs> you got a multilingual son of a bitch in front of me. <laughs> Biru. Is it? Uh, Biru. Okay. That's how you say it. It's, um, so I started taking uh, Japanese in college. Uh, first, second year of uh, community college. Mm-hmm. And uh, I liked it. You know, it was, it was a challenge for me. You know, it was, it was something I hadn't, I didn't know anything about the culture. Besides that, they fished and they had awesome electronics and pretty <laughs> right. cool cars, right? Yeah. You know, those are the only three things. Yeah. I'm 19, just starting fresh. So it was a great challenge, you know? And um, plus we were selling a shitload of stuff over there, you know? And I said, you know what? If these guys are bringing translators all the time, you know, and if, what happens if I actually learn to speak the language, learn more about the culture, you know, um, learn what they want, you know? And so I said, hey, no one else is doing it. Picked up the, the... But were you thinking of this in your head at that age as a business move almost? Oh, most definitely. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you I, you I, didn't, I didn't see the, the future of, of what I'm doing now, but it's most definitely just... Um, but you're saying, well, we could get an upper hand if I knew all this yeah, because I would be able to talk to him. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You know, it couldn't hurt. Yeah. You know, it couldn't hurt. So um, uh, college, uh, studied the first couple languages. So when I transferred to a four-year... And I knew this before. They had a, a, a one-year exchange program okay. where I can actually go to Japan, get credit for my college here, and, and uh, learn the language, you mm-hmm. know, learn their culture. Um, 
jumped on that program. And it was just so happened to be that it was a Cal State school. I went to Cal State San Marcos. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they, they, it was extremely fortunate where the uh, university that they had an exchange program with is called Waseda University, mm-hmm. which is kind of like going to Harvard here. It's like one of the best universities. Oh, so when, when I... When I tell the Japanese guys that I went to Boston, they're like, oh, shit, you're smart. And I was like, come on now. You know? I got lucky. And I got lucky. <laughs> there, you got into that college? I was like, yeah. Filled out some paperwork and paid some money. <laughs> but no, it was the best thing for me. So I went to, to my junior year of college was in Tokyo. Okay. And so at that same time, I hit up the Sammy from Tokyo Sunrise. Oh, really? So... And I pulled everything together. And you so knew him a little bit already. so you I already to, knew him. Okay. Um, I knew he was hardcore into, into uh, bass fishing and in the, in the sea bass fishing. Had a great tackle story. Moved a lot of product. He was a great guy. He's very well connected in the industry. Mm-hmm. Hit him up. So I said, we're going to do a couple of things here. And he's like, he was up for anything. So I got to do for my uh, school project. For my, I don't even know what they're called anymore, but they're... Uh, you know, your senior year, you got to do it yeah. for business. So I majored in international business. Okay. So basically you have internships where you have to actually work somewhere. So I said, all right, I'm going to do a project. My, uh, um, what the hell is that called? It's been so long ago. Uh, uh, this is not. No. Something like that. Yeah, thesis, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I don't <laughs> I learned a lot. Hey, I'm a real idiot. So don't listen <laughs> to what I'm saying. So I had to do my thesis on, on basically working in Japan, which okay. was beautiful. So I got the. I got paid, you know, and plus I worked in this tackle store and seeing how everything was done. Um, and I, I got to learn a lot, right? And plus I got to write a paper about it and get that checklist checked off my list to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that really gave me a lot of opportunities to see a lot about the Japanese uh, bass market. Uh, what, please, what, on a tangent, break it down a little because I've asked a couple of guys and the guys have asked just, you know, like uh, Matt Purcell's like, they don't fish the baits right out of the box usually he's like they usually tweak with them or some of the people well, <clears throat> like what are some things that their market's so big like what is what makes the difference and you feel like they have the, the well, bait I think before that, it gets here so um we could go that way so the, you got to understand like the japanese people in general and this is something you know you you, you learn by living over there for seven years mm-hmm. okay extremely extremely detail-oriented well, my wife's Japanese, by the way, so she's she's actually more American than I am. You know, I'm more Japanese now that I because I got my ass chewed out because when I'm working out working with them, you know, it's so they're so fine meticulous about everything, which is great, you know, in most regards, uh-huh. you know. Um, so the, as a, as a culture, you know, as a culture, they are very detailed oriented. Everything you look at. You know? Like the mother, look at the packaging. Look at like, the packaging. Yeah, yeah, to the packaging. You know, you know, cars very detailed. Electronics, like we talked about, but the fishing. So they like th- things, and they don't, and they like to modify things. You know, they they like to put their own twist on a lot of different stuff. You know, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know, in in a lot of regards. You know, because um, that leads to when you when you start modifying things, it's. You're creative, so that you're innovative. You know, it, it so you leads, feel like the, to, the innovation the next thing. would push more because the culture likes to create a little. Uh, they like to modify, so it pushes the bait quicker. Quicker, yeah. They're always on the change. They want to see what's going to be next and what's best. Yeah, you know, 
And, and it took me a long time to grasp that, you know? So you got a lure, right? And it catches fish, mm-hmm. right? Why in the hell do you have to change it? You know? And, and sure, I understand that if over time pressure happens and, and fish get, uh, a, you know, they see the same thing over and over again. So yeah. you got to modify it. You yeah. got to change it up. Um, but, uh, as a culture, they just like to change and modify stuff, you know, out of the, like, like Chris said, you know, they'll, can't just take it out of the pack and you fish it as is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, that's good and bad, you know, it's, it's, uh, sometimes you, you have to say, oh, you know, a lot of these guys are, uh, you can't use it like that. You got to fucking change it. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, no, not really. You can use it like that. If you want to put your own twist onto it, do it. You yeah. Know? But uh, if it's going to give you confidence, do it. You know, mm-hmm. I think Gilbert talked about it a little bit too. It's like just because they do it doesn't mean it's better. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, and and that's true. You know, some things do work out for the better, but uh, um. So I mean, I don't know where you want me to go from here. For no, that. no, that's Japanese like what story. I wanted to kind of know was like the way that I guess their innovations pushed swim baits forward a little quicker in Japan than here. You think that's true too, right? Like they're are they a step ahead, kind of. Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, so um, after I, I'll get back to my story real quick. Yeah. So I, I came back. Uh, this is one year you were there. And I you was came over back. there one year. So okay. my senior year, I came back and graduated. And what was your thesis you did? If we were talking about like. On the college paper? You just, it was just worked, basically at, a, worked it, at a tackle shop. Worked at a tackle store and I kind yeah. of threw it all together. International business. Okay. You know, but uh, what I learned and because, and um, but it came out great. Mm-hmm. My professor here was actually pretty stoked on it. And it was, no, that's cool. It was good. Um, so, 99, okay, I graduated college, went back over there, okay. Um, that time, we were still exporting quite a bit. Um, and I was conversational, not great. You know, I was conversational. I could get around. And were you talking more because you wanted to, like, be more fluent as well? Yeah. yeah. So, the one year of... of Two years here at a JC, one year over there, I was very conversational, but I wasn't nowhere near where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, in my back of my mind, it's like, yeah, it's good if I want to go fucking order food at a restaurant, <laughs> you know, if I want to make money, no, you know, if I got a deal, deal, you know, every day. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I went back after I graduated, I went back, I said, I got to get back over there and I got to get back over there or it's not going to cost me a lot of money. So I went back and taught English. So I found a job in Tokyo where it allowed me to teach in the afternoons so i had a job teaching one to 9 p.m mm-hmm. you know out of school but in the morning i'd go from eight to noon at an intensive language school so i wanted to cram japanese just oh, to learn wow. it. so it was a long day but i figured you know in order to get this where i need it to be i need to study and and speak it and and, and get back over there completely immersed in the in the culture mm-hmm. um did that Became pretty fluent in Japanese. Um, that year, um, we were there. Were, we had two importers bringing in Optimum stuff mm-hmm. and AA stuff. One of them was Reigns. A lot of U.S. anglers know Reigns because um, I've been selling Reigns for 15 years now. Um, I worked out a deal with the owner of Reigns at that time to be there, or, or they were going to. We opened up Optimum Baits Japan within as a branch within his company. Okay. You know, so after um, 
I got done teaching English. We opened up 2001. We opened up Optum Base Japan. And I ran that company with him. Out there. Out there in Tokyo. Okay. Were you um, importing? Did you start importing uh, from was, Japan to here at that time? Not at that time. Okay. So at that time, it was all bringing Optimum. Okay. And we brought in some other yeah. uh, U.S., you know, like the AC plug. Uh-huh. You know, we brought in a lot of, lot of. Oh, you bring it out to. Yeah. So we brought in a lot of U.S. product uh-huh. and sold it through Japan that way. So the point of my story, getting back to the swim bait deal, is mm-hmm. 98 is basically the start of their swim baits, you know. You know, which is not that far behind us. You know, obviously we had Worm King, we had some AA Shad Tails and that type of stuff, and some. So '98 is when you guys brought them. Yeah. So Optimum Optimum started in '96 here. Okay. Okay. So it's only a few years behind it, where that started to make its way to Japan. But their big bait boom was right there when we first started in 2000. Okay. That's when it went off. That's when it went off. So. Um, it didn't take them long. No. So we brought in, and obviously the, the soft plastics started it, you know, Osprey was selling a lot over there. Optimum was selling a lot over there. You know, you had, uh, Rego stuff was selling decent over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's a few Were you importing ones. all these? No. Osprey Just had, Osprey had, a, had another guy over there. Okay. Um, um, and then there was a bunch of importers bringing stuff over. Okay. But at that time, you know, the Japanese started to get into the swim bait stuff, you know? So you're now you're in talking 2001 and then Guncraft came into the picture. Mm-hmm. Depths, depth. They, these are companies were already there, but they weren't dabbling in swim baits yet. And then all of a sudden, you know, you had everybody making their own stab of, of different swim baits. Glides as well, right? Glides That's, was a little bit later. I mean, Guncraft was the first one that, you know, That's guys how you say gun- it. This is how you say it. Say gun- it again. Guncraft. It's not Gancraft. It's Guncraft. 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 Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to be proper. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anyone say it like that, and you're probably saying it the correct way. <laughs> yeah, well, the guy's uh, name, Gunchunk, is what they call him. Boom, that's probably what he yeah. should say. <laughs> Not Gangcraft, guys. It's Gunkrub. Gunkrub. <laughs> so, um, no, I mean, getting back to your question is like, do you think they're, uh, what did you say? A step ahead, but step maybe ahead. they were, nah, I mean, maybe. They, 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 they just innovate. It gets back to their deal with if. if wanting to innovate and, and produce more stuff yeah. you know i mean that the whole glide still you know they went from you know we, like i get back to ac minnow so after the we sold a lot of big soft swim baits you know the next thing was hard baits yes. so the ac minnow we imported quite a bit and you know ms slammer was over there and a bunch of hard baits so then they started doing the wake baits you know bigger wake baits and then it modified into you know, at that time, Depths had their Silent Killer, okay. which is the same body as a slide swimmer well, with the lip. You know, that was, bait was made in 2003. Wow. Okay. And then <clears throat> Guncraft had their own version, but they were modifying those, taking the lip out, putting the weight in it, and making it glide, you know. Um, and that just turned into everybody whole, making a whole yeah. genre of glide baits. <laughs> Which hasn't stopped. Which hasn't stopped. <laughs> I give, I give, uh, you know, Ganchon with the Guncraft was probably their. Do you very think he first was one. their first? I think he was their first one. You know, okay. the, the guys were changing the, the Silent Killer to a, a uh, basically a slide swimmer. Yes. You know, at that time, and they were modifying it. 
And then Depp's finally released it as a product itself with the slide swimmer. But I think Ganchan is the first with Guncraft. Okay. And um, that shit still sells over there. Very good. I mean, That's he's crazy. Done, he's done a great job of, he's got 18 million colors and different sizes. <laughs> and But I mean, the Depp stuff still sells great too, you know? Oh, yeah. When did you guys start dealing with Depp? So, <clears throat> um, I got married in 2005 and knew that you know, I couldn't live over there forever. You uh, met your wife over there? Met Ed over there. She learned English from you? No, she actually would kind of reverse I was me. like, man, she speaks <laughs> like I couldn't even tell, you know. She's reversed to me. She actually came to, to college in the States. Oh, so she started she, she's been, she stayed over here for five or six years. Okay. And then when she moved back to Tokyo, she was working at uh, British Petroleum in uh, Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And we met over there. Oh, wow. Yeah, she, no, I didn't learn. I didn't teach her English. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're a great English teacher, bro. <laughs> I was. I was pretty damn good. Um, but uh, Depths? Depths. Depths. So knowing that I was coming back, mm-hmm. that was the great thing about living in Japan and working in Japan. Um, very, you know, Japan's the same size as California. Okay? 130 million people. But, That's crazy. But dude. in the same size as as Kelly and um, the way their system worked and I believe it still does now they have three powerhouse distributors right so and uh, all the dealers tackle stores will buy the product from the distributor manufacturer sells the distributor dealers buy it from the distributor we had these uh, shows distributor shows Udidashis, about three or four times a year it was great because we get the, all the manufacturers would get together, all the dealers would come and buy stuff. This is just for fishing, just for fishing okay. stuff. And uh, so I got to build these. Me being, you know, the only American in the industry, you Over know, there. at the at the yeah. Oh wow! So obviously everybody wanted to talk. Everybody wanted to, to you know, became great friends. So I got developed all these awesome relationships with all these manufacturers, um, depths. You know, obviously the guys that I know import now, yeah, um, we were the strongest relationships, or guys that I knew that we can work together and, and develop a market and for their product. Mm-hmm. Um, so '95, we got married. Knew I was coming back in. in oh, I'm sorry, in 2005, two, okay. got married. So 2006, we were coming back. I had worked out while I was still over there. We started to uh, worked out a deal where I become their exclusive importer and distributor for the for the north america okay so i worked out depths ima zapu um at that time vagabond and rains um and we were exporting or at that time i was still over there so i we kind of set up the system how it was going to work out you know um started uh, bringing product from japan I came back and then, uh, you know, just uh, been nonstop ever since. There's a lot missing, Matt. Like what? <laughs> fucking when it came, when it hit, <laughs> when everyone started buying the fucking 250. Come on. Well, Stop being so humble. I mean, okay, so now you bring it back here. Okay. Quick little piece from Phoenix Rods, guys. Um, since we're talking about the Depths 250, I wanted to give you a recommendation. This recommendation comes from our boy Kevin Matson. He recommends the 790H Ultra Swimbait Classic for the big, heavier baits like the Depths 250. I'm actually also using this rod. I love it. Then again, I'm an idiot, so don't take my advice at all. <laughs> um, 
You can check this out at your local tackle shop. Please support Phoenix. They support us. And thanks for listening. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When did you see... You saw the Bassathons. You are fucking at them. Oh, yeah? I mean, when did it all start clicking? You're like, oh, shit. Well, see, 2006... Um, you know, the whole JDM thing hasn't, didn't really explode yet. Okay. You know? And I say explode, it's not really, it's, it's popular, but explode is a, not the right word. Um, uh, you know, even when I was living in Japan, mm-hmm. so I worked with, uh, Russ Bastozer, who's a, is a, um, does a lot of writing. Okay. Published. He's got his own. Book. I think I've seen that. Um, he used to write for a lot of different uh, publications. Okay. Okay. And he was writing at the time for Bassmaster. It's called, it was called BASS Insider. Okay. And we did a a column together called what's happening in Japan. And I was living over there and we wrote pieces that kind of, you know, at that time, Lucky Craft was pretty much the very first Japanese hard bait company that was established here in California. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I got to write a piece with him and it was kind of like, talking what was actually happening inside of Japan with, like, at that time, terminal tackle, like Zapu, the Inchi Wacky, the mm-hmm. Jighead Wacky. We wrote a piece on that. So Zapu, which was one of the brands I, I import, um, they had kind of started that whole technique, you know. And uh, we wrote that. It was, it was Zapu and Jackal, right? Okay. They share the same, one of the same pros that kind of started that technique. And we started to write about the... Japanese uh, fishing, you know, techniques and products. And that really kicked it off, okay? So when I came back and started selling all this stuff, the depths and the Iman. Were you selling it yourself when you bring it back? Like, were you going to tackle shops? and We, had, we have sales reps. The reps, okay. Yeah, reps that would handle okay. it and sell it to the stores. Um, you know, it just didn't fly off the shelves. Yeah. You know, depths had uh, several items that did really well. You know, Buzz Jets and Bass Riskies. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and we sold the Silent Killer decently. You know, Silent Killer sold pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't till you know, 2010, 2011, that things did, started to take off really well for the depths. The 250. The 250s in particular, yeah. Do you, uh, who was the first guy to get a hold of a 250? You know, we had sold the 250s. Um, you know, at that time we were selling the, the Silent Killer 175. So it was know, a smaller? The smaller size. Okay. And the 250s, you know, you heard this, Butch told the story and it was pretty much summed it up right there. You know, we were selling very few of them. 
you know. And uh, Butch got his hands on one through one of the Japanese guys at the lake that he fished with, yeah. him and Fumio. And, uh, you know, he, he obviously saw <laughs> what it did, you know, had caught it all on video. And uh, he came to me one day at, at the, it was at the ICAST show, okay. right? And, you know, ICAST show is freaking busy. You know, you're like, that whole week just sucks. Yeah. You know, it's like nonstop. Uh-huh. I say sucks, but it's, it doesn't suck. It's, it's fun. busy. Yeah. It's you're, busy. You're, not, you're not trying to talk to people because you got to do yeah, this. Or... You're not trying to, to talk to people. You're trying to, to sell shit, you know, and, and get promote stuff. Yeah. And uh, so he approached me at that time. He's like, I'm Butch Brown. And I was like, pleasure <laughs> to meet you. You know, he's like, I got something for you. I want you to see something, you know. I was like, okay. He's like, I got the video. Um of me catching all these fish on, on the depths 250. Like, cool. And then I, and, and I think that's where the conversation ended the very first time. He probably thought I was like a piece of shit. Thank <laughs> you. <Hey>, big dictum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, I don't know. Remember exactly how it happened after that, but I, I know that Jeremy from black dog got involved and said, Matt, you need to watch this video. It's pretty sick. Yeah. You know, it's, it's butch got this bait and, uh, he's got something that's really special, you know, the bait's obviously great, and um, you know, but when he approached him, himself the second time, he's like, "Let's work together, you know, let's do something." So it's like, cool, you know. But usually, when somebody approaches you, it's like, "Let's work together." It's usually the manufacturer approaching somebody else, you know. Yeah. So and you kind of have an idea of what you want, you know. When the other guy approaches you, it's just like now it's the balls in his course. Like, well, any I'm sure you've had that happen a million times too, where dudes are like. I got this idea. It's going to work. Oh, well, yeah. And it always fucking and doesn't work out. That's what I'm saying. So it it's like, work out. but you so kind of knew your Butch mind, already yeah. kind of had a yeah, good yeah. reputation. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, okay, he's already doing the shit with the HUD, right? I mean, mm-hmm. before that. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So that's why you know what he's capable of catching. You know, he's got everything. That's, a, that's even a good point of view as a, as a, a new angler. Like, if you're going to approach a company, you got to bring something to the table, dude. Yeah. That you're you know what I'm saying? And I'm sure you get it all the fucking oh. time. At least, you know. It's just, it, it's part of the game, it's I guess. part of the because game. Because yeah. they're just people. And then 99.9% of the time, you know, it's like, they might be a great angler, but, you know, selling stuff and promoting stuff is two different things. You know, way too many. Here's a quick tangent yeah. question because you're this a whole, This owner. whole little podcast is a tangent. I'm like, it's oh, me. I'm fucking, it's my <laughs> fault. I'm sorry, guys. No, it's uh, we'll finish this story, but I always have the question of like uh, promotion-wise. So you talk to people and you go, is it better to, to, to put your money into a professional angler or a dude on YouTube that is promoting the shit out of everything? And well, on Instagram, that's the hard thing is like, okay. Things are changing big time. Do you think oh, so? Things have definitely changed. That's, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at is like, okay, you have your marketing budget. Are you going to go with the YouTuber, uh, Instagram? Pro, pros, you know, you're betting on the come. You know, if they're going to win a tournament on your stuff that's on TV – Sure, you're going to sell quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. You know, but, and nowadays a lot of the pros are very good where they're doing their own videos and they're, um, they got their own social media going mm-hmm. and, and they win tournaments. Those pros, you know, you got 20 of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. But, but then you can go to a guy like Tactical Bassing and it's like oh yeah, everybody and their mom listens to them, you know? He does a great job with his videos yeah. and stuff, you know? And you don't have to be, you know, a top pro name pro to get a good following. You know, people want the truth, you know, you know, people throwing the lure and catching fish on the lure, you know, that's going to be your, your, the best, you know, proven 
showing people that these baits actually work, you know, not just talking about the product, you know, that's definitely number one videos. Do you look for that then sometimes if you're looking for a, I mean, now you don't really need to because you have a solid. No, I, I'm always constantly looking. Are for you guys. really constantly looking for something new? Yeah. Like, man, I like this guy. He, he does oh, a lot yeah. of good. Okay, cool. Guys got to have a different approach to things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Always looking for guys that actually, that are out there already proven not just oh, i started a youtube channel i got fucking 100 <laughs> subscribers really good job it's like let me let me get you a couple baits in the mail it's like no you know i had people ask me to sponsor i'm like what do you want me to talk about you growing the podcast i don't fucking know you know but so back to the butch thing uh i'm sorry about the tangent guys um when he when he came up to you you're kind of a little skeptical, maybe a little like someone came up to well, you like, well, what's your plot? What are you talking about? You know? Yeah, we can do something. It's like, that's skeptical. It was like the timing was, I wasn't thinking about okay. that at the show. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why afterwards when Jeremy said, hey man, you got something here. Take a look at it and hit him back up. So that was the, you know, once we worked that out, you know, after I seen the video, you know, he had a couple hours of him just <laughs> raking 10 pounders. And it's just like, dude. It's like, when are we going to go fishing first? Like, I yeah. want to catch something like that. And, uh, you know, we worked something out. We got uh, Depths Japan involved. You know, they saw the video, and they obviously had seen some of his other videos with the HUD and, and whatnot, and they're like, let's do something together. Yeah. You know, let's get the uh, our baits rolling in, in the States. And uh, obviously, the biggest thing was the bait was there. The colors were not. You know, and Butch is like, I can help out with the colors, mm-hmm. you know. We need to step up the game with the trout patterns, you know, and then we'll get into more bait fish patterns. But um, no. Psycho Trout, was that the first one? Yeah, Psycho Trout. That was his, uh, Psycho means uh, like optimum. It's basically, it's number one. But that's not ba- like the Psycho best. Crazy. It's not like- Psycho Crazy, it's <laughs> S-A-I-K-O. But, you know, it was kind of a good play on words. Yeah. You know? You know, nobody knew what it meant. Yeah. Know, cycle. It's like cycle. You, like when you drink a beer and you're like, cycle. Yeah. Like it's the best. Yeah. It's good. You know? And uh, so that was his name. You know, kind of when he first started to get it, 24 7 is a lot better name. So it's going to be 7. But, uh, um, you know, that psycho trout was his very first color. And do you remember that drop? Like when it happened? Was it at Bassathon? The very first one we did. Um, no, it was not at Bassathon. I think the very first shipment, Butch got like, like eighty, hundred baits. And he used right? them all. No. Right. I think there was just about. <laughs> he's probably giving a lot of them away. He's fished a lot of them. Yeah, I'm sure. He's still got a few of them left, you know. Um, but uh, no, I do remember some of the very first drops. You know, after that video got released, I don't know if if the Bassathon was the very first time we did it, but we brought a, like a hundred. I think it was like 100 baits for that first bathathon we did. And uh, it might have been 200 baits, but I don't remember. I just remember the guys lining up, you know, if it was a 7 a.m. start or whatnot. Before we got there early in the morning, they were lying around, you know. It was just like, oh, shit. And they're like, we want the 250, you know. And they, and they opened up the doors beelined it it was kind of a little bit dangerous <laughs> that's what i heard but butch, butch and i was just like oh shit so like the second day we had this, a different allotment for the second day and we got with bass the guys at bassathon and and the anglers and we're yeah. like we got to give out tickets or something because dude that's scary but that was the first you know first it's like experience. walmart when you see the fucking yeah, black friday black friday sales you know exactly and it was <laughs> 
it was like when that happened, it was like realized this bait's special. You know, you guys want this bait. You know, they've seen they've seen it from Butch. Now they want to experience it themselves. And and this is 2012. That was the first year that happened. Was in 2012. Um, and uh, you know, guys got their hands on that bait, and they everyone that got their hands on it caught good fish. It's crazy because the staying power of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people still want it. They all still the time. want it. And it's still so it's not like it went away and people still catch big fish on it and people still, and it, you know, and the great thing about that bait is, is yeah, it's people still want it. Um, it's look how many people it brought into the swim bait world. Shit. You know, how many opportunities it opened up for other companies to get started. You know, I garage think, builders. Garage, I mean, that's everyone. awesome. Yeah. You know, everybody, as long as you've got your own idea and you're in your, and there's a lot of, awesome guys out there right now building their own stuff here. And that's just going to take the whole swim bait game to another level, you know. Just like the Japanese guys, you know, you, you say that, are they better? Are they more creative? You know, I think we've got a, a lot of talent here, obviously, and, and that's going to open up more doors and the whole system's going to evolve and get better. Um, but the fish, they tell us, you know. Yeah. They're, they're going to be the, – the, you can sell anything once. You know, whether it works or not, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, but that's the, that's the bottom line. I mean, um, how do sales go across the country? Like, uh, how do you see the, uh, is California the biggest market? Is, is West Coast is definitely the biggest market. Where's the, but, ne- what's the second biggest? Just south, to know. Southeast. Really? Southeast. So you're getting a lot of people buying down that way now? Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of gizzard chat on Tennessee Valley. Yeah. The TVA system. And, Have you gone fishing and, down there? Yeah, good yeah. to do quite a bit. I mean, before COVID, I used to do decent amount pretty good um yeah it's fun you yeah. can catch fish <laughs> <laughs> nothing huge um yeah i mean we've got some good fish on on gunnersville and yeah watts bar um in tennessee no it's fun i get the fish usually i tag along with a lot of because i work with a decent amount of uh elite anglers mm-hmm. and, and guys fishing the mlf and, and i usually go film them for a few days and then play around for a couple of days yeah. and, f- and fish with them. But no, um, it's fun. It's cool to see though, like the, the uh, for the depths, at least like that 250 to the swim bait thing kind of opening up. And I mean, how, like I said, the staying power, that's impressive to me is like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and you see people still raffling these motherfuckers and getting the money they want for them because yeah, people still really want this fucking bait. Like, yeah, you know? especially if it's a color that you, we've only done a couple of times. Yeah. You know, it's hard to get color. Like the SU drop or like the Bass Brigade drop or whatever yeah. it might have been. It's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. No, I mean, so, I mean, getting back to that subject where it's the popularity of this bait has opened a lot of doors for a lot of different things. You know, it's, it's got a lot of anglers into the sport of fishing. You know, the, fishing, there's two different types of, a lot of different types of anglers, but you got tournament guys, you got recreational guys, and you got swim baiters, you know, and they, that genre is growing and it's, baits like the 250s the joint claws and then a lot of other you know swim baits mm-hmm. that have opened doors and and we're starting to sell a lot more back east you know over the past five years and as that market grows you know you're going to get a lot of swim bait you got a lot of companies from back east starting to make swim baits yes and, and doing a lot of bluegill imitation shad imitations that's good stuff yeah you know and that's just going to grow yeah do you ever get any uh, cease, get to send cease and desist letters out ever to people? From us to other yeah. people? No, no. But we don't send them out. I mean, we, I've got uh, 
you know, trademarks and names. Yeah. But it's, I've got one patent, but it's fucking worthless. Um, <laughs> really? It's tough. It's, that's a tough one to, to I heard, I heard fishing lures are hard to patent. They're extremely hard to patent. Cause I heard you, you can change them. like 10%. Yeah. You're, Cause a lot of, you're copying a bait fish, yes. you know? So, you know, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. Like, it's a lot of money for nothing. Right. You just you know, said, but, so it. it's you tough. learned. You learned. I, I probably, unless you have a, a, you know, the chatterbait, that's a great. Yeah. That's a good one to have. Yeah. It's, it's got to be like a one-off, like like a spinner chatter or something like that that's different. It's hard to Where do. Where you it. get a plastic or, or a jointed bait, it's like, it's a yeah. hard one. It's I know Rago has good. one, but I mean, that's a different story because he has a whole different yeah, thing it's a, to it. It's a, I don't know if he's got the design patent or utility patent. Um, yeah, that was it's a his, his that patent's interesting. Yeah, on the glide. That's know. a crazy one, right? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big one. But I mean, I just shit like that just interesting to me. I'm like, oh fuck, man. I wonder if you ever had to do that as an owner of a company. But with plastics, it's like you like you said, someone could just change a tail kick, and it's like, oh, it's a different fucking bait. I've got guys taking this fucking logo right here and putting <laughs> this fish mark with something else. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, come on. It's. I mean, it happens. It's like, and it's that's. I guess the name of the game, and with social media, you've probably seen it happen a lot more because it's like everyone and their moms on social media now. Fishing's a complete social media thing now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Where people are just on it just to to get likes sometimes. You yeah. Know? But here's what it is. It's part of the game. Uh, what's your PB? And do you fish swim baits a lot, or do you fish everything? Um, I need to fish more. Yeah, I work a lot. <laughs> no, I do. Um, I like. All types of fishing. Okay. Know? I like freshwater fishing. I love calico fishing. I heard you, you like know? rock fishing too, right? We're going to do it. We're going to hit that one. <laughs> you know, tomorrow. actually when this airs, you know. <laughs> It'll be done. Hopefully right. we'll have limits of lings and reds. <laughs> no, I love nearshore fishing. You know, yeah. I like I like fishing for lings, reds, um, calicos, yellows. Love yellow fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, bass. My biggest bass is, uh, what is it, 710. I've never caught a 10-pounder. Out of uh, locally? Uh, that was a diamond. Okay. Uh, biggest calico was down actually in Cedros. We used to do the Cedros trips. Yeah, you know the uh, Polaris Supreme with Tommy. We used to, I've done that like six or seven times when he used to do it mm-hmm. on, on the skiff trip. That was a blast. The skiff trips must be so fun, dude. Those were. Well, how big was the calico? It was a little over eight pounds. That's nice. It was That's big. big. Yeah, it was big. It was actually not even on the skiff. It was on the mother boat. Really? Yeah. What was that on? The, what kind of bait? Six-inch Optimum. Really? It was the original Optimum. Oh, man. Nice. It was fun. No, those trips are great. I do. We've done, uh, it's been three years now, but I used to do the fly downs. And do, uh, like, they used to. It's only been three years. But, yeah, <laughs> done it a couple of times. Yeah. That's fun. That's a blast. Yeah. But, no, I like fishing. I you fish stripers, too, still? Yeah. I mean, Skinner's right here. Skinner's got a lot of... Every fall, you know, October, the freaking stripers come up and we just take out the I'm a little stick and just. That's what I heard, yeah. Work, work them out. And the I'm a shit, you got it. That's a whole nother. Is that, is that part of depth or how does that work? No, I'm as its own separate brand, separate company. You had to build that relationship as well when you're over there. You kind of met I'm on. Yeah. I've, wow. uh, I'm as huge saltwater brand in, J- in Japan. They've fished for. Um, species called Suzuki, which mm-hmm. is a sea bass, which looks, and it's probably the same family as a snook. Okay. But that's a huge market and they dominate the saltwater. How big do those game. things get? Um, shit, I don't even know the, the record of it, but it's over a hundred centimeters. 
So, you know, you're looking at probably three or four feet. Yeah. And yeah. they fight. And they fight good. No, and they hit lures, man. Yeah. They look fish from the shore, from jetties. Uh, kind of like a calico or maybe like a yellowtail or something in between that. Like the same type of fishing. Same type of fish. Yeah. Similar type. Yeah. Similar okay. type. But they, they use all hard baits. They use some shad tails, but more predominantly hard baits. But that time was a, I mean, now, you know, I'm just coming. I've been doing I'm since 2006. Okay. okay. And when I started working with the owner of Ima in Japan, we created, um, you know, that time Lucky Craft was already in the market. Um, and, you know, you're taking a hard bait that retails for $20, you know, $19, $20 up to $25 mm-hmm. for saltwater. You know, it was a tough sell back in the in, in 2005. So we, Lucky Craft had already made some progress in this market. So let's say, let's get, our know-how, our technology with our designers, our manufacturer in Japan, and let's create a, a freshwater team, make baits for the states. So that's the approach we took with AIMA. Mm-hmm. And we've got, um, I think we've up to like 15 different styles now, and it does extremely well. Um, but they have so many awesome hard baits for saltwater over there. That Yeah. That, and, yeah. and, you know, I need to do a better job of getting those baits over here for <laughs> now, especially now that guys are fishing hardcore off the beach for halibut and perch and whatnot. And oh, dude, locally. I I talked about it. I fish, I surf fish for ten years, like eight years straight. Yeah. Um, I was going through Lucky Crafts, maybe every two trips, sometimes one, sometimes three. I'd spend hundreds of dollars on them. Yeah. It doesn't matter, dude. If I know I'm gonna catch a seven pound calico from the surf, I'm gonna use this fucking bait. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I'm sure nowadays people are gonna pay for that, no problem. If it works, I mean, come on. Yeah. You know. And especially halibut's a big thing now. From all, I mean, a lot of people are surf fishing, perch, halibut, corvina, white sea bass, everything, you know? Yeah. So, I mean. I mean, they've got so much stuff that would work great, um, that does work great on the East Coast, too, in the Gulf. Yeah. For all the snook down there and the reds and the speckled trout. It's just. Uh, getting everything here. Getting everything. Being so busy, huh? I mean, how long have we been trying to hook this up with? A long time. A long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's your, uh, and especially you moved new building, too. That's a hard deal. It's still going on. But it, <laughs> it was, last year was good. I mean, COVID sucked for everybody. Did it, it was business for great for you? Business was good. You know, everyone, I think they say there's 8 million more people fished in 2020 than the 2019. Whether 8 that's, million. Eight, whether that's, you know, new to the sport or just guys that didn't go fishing in 2019. You know, so it's a combination. So if all those anglers, if they had fun and caught fish, you're coming back, you know. Let's hope so. I mean, Let's hope so. To bring the market, I mean, I'd suck to have a drop-off next year because, say, everything opens. No, everything is, is, you know? is rocking and rolling. I mean, you yeah. talk to everybody. Everybody's going to the lakes, catching fish, going oh, to salt water. Yeah, dude. That's what we're going to do tomorrow. I hope so, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you again for coming on, Matt. I appreciate it. Uh, plug all your companies, everything. Everyone can check you guys out at. All right. Um, you can see all the brands we represent at optimumbase.com. Except right now there's like a something getting spammed on our page. And oh, really? Sometimes you open it up and it's got some porno stuff. That <laughs> oh, up. So we're trying to fix that right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, they hacked you, huh? They hacked us, man. Oh, damn. And it's, yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Just fucking A. But uh, double A, you go to aaworms.com, optimumbase.com, check out all the brands. Um, we appreciate everyone's support. You know, if you have any questions, 
give us a shout or, or send us an email. And thank you for your support on the podcast, man. You've been ran ads, uh, Patreon sponsor next month. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah. we've got uh, a couple of some slice swimmers that we, yeah. we donated. And yeah, thank you. Hope you guys pick those up, man. And uh, check them out. And thanks to everyone for listening. All right. Thank you.